Hello to the leaders of yesterday, today and tomorrow. Welcome to Heart of a Leader. We're on the quest for stress management challenges and opportunities today. My name is Christina and I'm joined by my fantastic co-host, Wilbo. Hey, how you doing? Good, how are you? Oh, look, I'm very good. Cool topic to unpack today. I think that in this current climate that we're all going through of COVID-19, um, stress in the workplace, stress in your role, stress as a leader um, is something that can can be a, a big black cloud and something that can be an incredibly heavy weight. And so the, the goal of this quest um, is to try and give some people some perspectives and focus on ways with which that they could process and manage the stress um, to, to let it not be such a burden. It's not something that can be um, completely obliterated from your world. Um, it's, it's a fact of, of business life, but how you actually deal with it, um, I think there are ways that you can be very effective with that, that, that help you as a person become whole again, because I think it can be something that can be incredibly crippling. Oh. It, it cripples, it, it robs you of joy, of perspective, of wisdom. So just before we pressed record today, I said to you, I've stepped into an acceptance space. So you, you'll hear all about our history as we start unplugging these quests with you and walking through it. But I liken myself some days to a mouse on a wheel. I run to create momentum. Come on, any sales leader out there, you know what I'm talking about. You create momentum, right? And then when that wave goes, it's bloody brilliant. The problem is, if you're used to operating on that adrenaline rush of the momentum and connecting your worthiness, without meaning to, to that movement of that momentum and to the outcome that the momentum creates, um, and then suddenly COVID-19 hits and the little mouse wheel is gone out of your cage and you run around like a loony, uh, because suddenly, sorry, I mean that very respectfully, but it does feel like that. You you feel like something is missing, and then to eventually sit peacefully and recalibrate is one of the most beautiful gifts I've received out of this time. Yeah, nice, a bit of centeredness. I feel like I'm I'm imagining a little pink mouse doing a Zen stance in her little. <laughs> gold-edged cage with lots of fairy lights um really just standing in acceptance and we're going to talk about stress management today because i think that's something that any leader experiences yeah look when the pressure's on um and and it's really on the the number one tip that i'd have for for anybody tuning in from a leadership role is you've got to dial up your communication nice one and communication for me sort of flows into two uh, split areas. You've got to communicate with your superiors in, in a way that, that creates sort of connection to the problem yeah. and also the solution. And you've got to communicate with your team. Mm. Um, the language is going to be different and the context is going to be different. But I think, and look, I can talk from experience back in the early days too, is that when the pressure really hits, um, I sort of go inward a little bit and then just go, I've got to do it all of my own and there are people around you that that can actually help um, with that sort of um, sharing the stress and it's sort of like that adage is sort of a problem shared is a problem halved use the people around you that can help you halve quarter a third that problem 
that stress. So I want to grab that and then I want to flip it on its head quickly. Uh, and I want to just go into the science of stress and then go back out to potentially why you might be struggling to delegate. Are you okay with that? So, we've, well, I just said, I, and I looked at Wilbur and I've just done it anyway. Anyway, you'll, you'll get used to us. This is how we do it. Um, we've got this part in our nose. We've got a part in our brain called the reptilian brain, which is like the stem. And that brain is our fight, flight, or freeze mechanism. And what happens when stress starts packing on, our brain starts getting signals of, of this is this is bad, you need to survive, you need to survive. Now, if we can calm our brain down enough, um, to be able to create mental agility, I love that word. We can probably cope with stress better. The challenge is when we're in a high pressure environment, high sales environment, running a business environment, having people's lives in our hands, you know, reporting to the board, it can be hard. So the challenge is, of course, I need to delegate, but the, before I even get there, maybe I've got to recalibrate me. Yeah. What do you think about that? Look, I think it's it's a really important part. I think that you've got to have this center around you and and value around you. And and we'll talk about it probably a little bit more as we go through. But Let's do it. I like to think of it as there are two parts of you. Yeah. There's there's the work you, mm-hmm. and there's the other you. Yeah. And the work you is not going to be effective in the other part of your life and the other part of, of you is not going to be effective in your work life. And the way I look at it is if you're only like nourishing one part of you to become bigger and stronger, you're not going to be good at doing either. Agreed. Because you're almost disabling yourself in the other space, which then creates yeah. a, 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 like an imbalance in who you are. Yeah, you've, you've got to look at it as that if you want to be thriving and successful at both, you, you've got to look at how you're actually giving nutrients to, to each part of you. And if you're only focusing on the work part because that is the more dominating bit and when you get home, that's your sort of chill time. To, so there's no sort of part there. But but there's parts that you've got to think in, in times of high stress, um, the spiral is not a very good place to be in and it's and if anyone has been in it or been in a real bad it's it's a horrible it's horrible, horrible place it? to be in so there are there are parts of you that that you've got to actually give credit to and, and probably that one of the biggest tips i can give is to remind people that whilst you're going through periods of very high stress that are just completely overwhelming think about you are not your job Oh, and your job is not you. So actually disconnect disconnect your your relevance piece as a human being from the job. Yeah, like just don't derive your self-worth from work. Oh, magic. Derive it from all parts of you. And that's why I talk about the work part of you and, and the other part of you, that if you're not fueling both, one's going to dominate and you're not going to be whole and that's going to perpetuate the stress environment that you're feeling because there's no escape. You know what? I completely love what you're saying and I'm going to be really honest. You and I are A-types. Most leaders are A-types because you can't help yourself but to run so hard. That's why you go somewhere. The challenge, I think, is we have gathered a lot of our worthiness from our ability to deliver 
great outcomes, great results, lead a team well, whatever it might be. But the thing we've struggled to do is to get to know who we are outside of that yeah. space and actually to practice good self-care um, and nurturing ourselves because we don't do it. Actually, I find a lot of leaders who are leaders beat themselves. They are really hard on themselves. There's a, yeah. there's a real lack of compassion for who they are as a human. Yeah, and look, I think about what can I offer as a bit of practical advice to help through because I think that the leaders that are listening into us at the moment are going to say, okay, great, that's nice sort of philosophy, but how do you do that? One part that worked a treat for me um, that I've used and and it's really just the most basic thing, but it had such the biggest impact in terms of changing your mindset and giving you that mental break is that the moment you leave the office email blackout oh. until the moment you get into the office not the moment you wake up the moment you get back into the office and you got to think the world is not going to implode because you don't respond to a 10 30 p.m a 1 a.m a 3 a.m email um give your mind Downtown. time to have a mini holiday every day and it might not sound like much but i guarantee you if you do it you are just you're refreshed and you're ready to go into that the office the next day and face the challenges that are there because you've given yourself that that mini holiday to go and do whatever you want to do once you check out doesn't mean you don't work your butt off during the day and get the things done you need to do and we'll talk about operating rhythm in a minute but that mini holiday that it's that gives important. you where you're not checking the, the phone and your emails every three seconds and then you get an email from the boss that says rah mm-hmm. and then you just go oh i feel bad again and you start to spiral and don't don't sort of get into that i mean you think about it people would leave the holidays they'll check uh, they leave the office they'll check emails in the car on the way home yeah. as soon as they get in the door they'll check emails during dinner they'll do it when they get into bed when they wake up in the car on the way to the office like give yourself that break like the world is not going to implode and this is probably one of the biggest bits don't let your value worth or productiveness be determined by emails oh man i love that because how quick is it to get so so let me just say this i want to i want to two things i was going to go on a rant but i'm just going to say two things the first thing is if you are pushing out emails and answering emails all time of day, you're going to start creating a culture in your team that people feel they've got to be on 24-7, which means yep. their ability to switch. You are The leader sets the tone and you are setting a tone for um, mental uh, health challenges in your team because you're not creating enough space for them to have downtime, one. I think the other thing that you've hit the nail on is creating that that same behavioral expectation for your leader so if you're say for example your managing director of course they're going to be times when they need you and that's okay um, and there might be a business crisis or whatever it is but it's it's okay for you to say hey we need to recalibrate my rhythm with you at the moment or my rhythm on emails because i need downtime i was coaching someone today so i want to share the story uh COVID hit they not they 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 are not in a relationship they had a relationship breakdown just before COVID hit they're a, a senior leader um and they were sharing with me that 
what happened to them was they just got into the cycle of work, 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 and they weren't switching off. And then they got extremely tired. And then in a meeting that they had with their team, they were not their best selves. And then that's, oh no, I'm saying this very gently, right? And then one of their team, you know, created a bit of a conversation piece and, and they felt that they could have been their best self. But this is the stress management piece. And I think the beauty of it was they went, I know. Yeah. I could do it better. Um, but it's a choice. And now they've put action steps in place to ensure that they take care of themselves. There's a, there's a metaphorical sort of approach or exercise that I think could also help with people. And look, for, for those that aren't necessarily into that, indulge me for a minute or two. But this is a hard skill to master and, and it's something that took me a, a fair while to learn. And still at some days, weeks, months, I've still got to keep reminding myself of learning that lesson. Yeah. And it's the ability to be able to put the weight of the business down as you exit the front door and then leave those bags there until the morning when you walk back through the door when you pick them back up again don't carry the weight around all the time because no matter how strong you are no matter how much endurance you've got it will wear you down and i love that and i want to say something else because you said this earlier put the bag down but also share the load because if you are carrying the full responsibility on your shoulders of course you need to be accountable but each person that works alongside you is as accountable for their stake in the bigger picture and if they are not carrying it with you are they the right people that's the first I think question. delegation is huge I mean, give it away um, how else are they going to learn but I think also particularly this is for the the rookie leaders that may be listening um, or the people that are trying to get into leadership this is probably going to be one of your most monumental lessons that your definition of, of delegation at this point in time is probably laziness and you thinking you're not doing your job yeah. where the true definition of delegation is sharing the workload putting the right work with the right talent to be able to as a team do more achieve more doesn't mean you're shirking your responsibilities as a leader. In fact, you're actually being the most effective leader that you can be if you're in that zone. So here's a thought for you leaders out there. Your job is not to prove you're as good as every single person working for you. Your job is to build leaders. And the only yes. way you build leaders is through delegation, coaching, mentoring and support and direction. But if you're doing the work on behalf of your people, you're taking away the opportunity for them to grow. You're overloading yourself. And eventually, you, you, they're going to wonder what they're doing there. Yeah, and probably one of the, the, the greatest tests of that is go on holidays for a month later. And see if your business is still functioning. Yeah, you're probably thinking, oh, I sort of hope it sort of falls over a little bit because I'm needed and I'm valued. But the true quality of a leader is it does it run just as good, if not better, when you're not there as when you are there i like that you've said that i remember when i was leading that team in africa we went to a global executive meeting in canada it's where i met my husband by the way because he was the finance director for australia new zealand and um the ceo was my mentor and 
The phone was ringing. My team were calling me from South Africa to check one or two things. And he said to me very clearly, and I remember looking at my managing director because he was the group CEO, he said, if you pick that call up, they'll be held to play. Let them make their decisions. And if they fail, you're failing with them, but you've spent enough time investing in them. Let them try. Yeah, exactly. And you know and what I that- did? And they did well. Because we talk about ego a lot in these chats and it's your ego as a leader that's sort of wanting the, you, Attention. you need to be needed. Exactly. You need to be but, needed. It's that hero syndrome. Yeah, but the true test is that if you've got your team to evolve to a level where they can operate just as efficiently without you as with you, then that just gives you another platform in leadership to evolve the team's capability further. It doesn't mean that you're now redundant. And I like that you've said that because here's the other challenge I have for all the leaders out there. If your team are coming to you all the time to get to understand what you would do, will you authorize this? Will you do that? You are not delegating enough resource and authority to them. Um, and the, the other, and I want you to just think about that. I'm not judging you, but I have seen this time and again as we've coached leaders and when I'm in leadership. If I hold on to every strain of ticking yes, no, yes, no, eventually I don't have time to breathe. I'm feeling overwhelmed. My team are frustrated um, because I am the bottleneck to performance. Yeah, absolutely, because there's only one of you, right? Absolutely. And then because I feel needed, I feel like I'm flying in like the superhero. Da-da-da-da, yeah, she comes. <laughs> Supergirl. Actually, it's Ninja Barbie, but that's another discussion. <laughs> You mentioned something in in that last sequence that that I think is, again, another major element for leaders to to manage a very stressful environment, and you mentioned a mentor. And I think that, and look, don't discount that for people sort of saying, oh, yeah, the cliche of a mentor. Having a mentor gives you a lot of things, particularly when you're going through the, the hard stuff. So they're great for perspective. They will still challenge you, so you're not going to get any freebies and and just that warm cuddle of just whatever. They're going to challenge you and and call stuff out that you're not doing effectively. They'll force you to think differently. But they also, they care about you as a human if you've got the right type of mentor and they'll help your self-confidence and and prevent your self-worth from being damaged because in most cases, if you've got a great mentor, they're also one of your greatest cheerleaders and they'll help pump your tires back up which will give you that refueling that you'll need to get through this dark little period that you're going through so if you don't have yourself a a good mentor that's something that i'm going to sort of implicitly advise get one and get a good one because they can make the world of difference to you as as a human being and i think we i think you need to look open and wide for that Um, And I think when you are on the search for the mentor, I will give you this. Don't find mentors who shame you. Find mentors who are curious and who are willing to guide you. The other thing is, don't be shamed. I know I have to put this the other way around. When your mentor is willing to walk with you and guide you, it doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you. No, not at all. I think let's let's sort of flip the switch a little bit okay. and I want to, to go to an area that sort of some people might be a little bit surprised with, but this comes from a, a real life lesson that, that I've had to learn and the 
and the statement I'm going to give people as a coping mechanism to stress, and you mentioned at the top that leaders are very, very driven and very focused driven. and obsessed about the number and drive it. Um, you and I are both like that. Mm. When I run businesses, it's it's like my at that some point my only success is coming from hitting the number. But as leaders, you're not looking at the month; you're looking at the horizons. Correct. So you're looking three months, six months ahead, and you're always predicting the pitfalls to overcome. So when the pressure is on and the stress levels are high, and there's a difference between just stress and what I would call nasty stress that's coming from, say, above or around. Give yourself permission to enjoy your life, even if work isn't performing to the standard required. Ooh, that is a big one, because why don't we? Because from my experience, when I was going through it sort of a time ago, you're so attached to work. And if work's not working, you don't think your value is being sort of um, delivered in the areas, then it just sort of it builds and builds, and the the stress gets manifested into something bigger and larger than what it needs to be. And all of a sudden, the days goes into weeks, into months, into mm. six months, and all of a sudden you look back and you go, "What did I actually do for the other part of me? What what?" And you look back at times and you go, "Name one thing that I've actually enjoyed over the past six months." And if your answer is, well, there's nothing because all I've been focused on was trying to resurrect the work problem, that's just not a healthy place to be in. So it might seem a little bit cliche in that thing, but give yourself permission to enjoy your life, even if work isn't going according to plan. I love that you've said this because my greatest learning over the last four years has been to truly work on releasing that piece and it's hard to release because it still is the measure of what we need to achieve from a business result perspective but I I want to stress this and I can't stress this more urgently with you your mental health is incredibly important because I love this Simon Sinek talks about this he talks about the finite game and the infinite game it's one of his new books and I'm happy to put that into the comments so that you can find it after this because we love Simon's work Um, but I I do believe that when we are race when we are running to a finite race we are going to kill ourselves we are going to want to do it all we're going to want to be the big hero without meaning to because all we can see is that goalpost. And the infinite race for me is being able to say, can I do, can I do better to today than I did yesterday? Can I stretch myself? And we spoke about stretching our very first quest. Can I stretch myself a bit more? I can see the goalpost, but the goalpost is not my measure of failure or, or success. It's my measure of how far I've gone. And yes, I am going to do my blooming best to exceed it because that's high performance, right? Absolutely. And none of this is a is sort of a crutch to to forego performance. No way. These are coping. These are coping strategies to be able to sort of navigate really high pressure and at sometimes like i said nasty environments that that really weigh on your mind your well-being and who you are as an individual so if we can impart any of our experience and learning to to the leaders that listening to help you maybe duck left duck right and avoid some of that stuff then that's sort of a beautiful gift that i think that we can give and i guarantee you if i asked any leader listening to this podcast right now um tell me your action items tell me your to-do list that you've got to do for tomorrow this week the next day and they would rattle a bunch of endless things down i've got to do this 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 keep going but 
if I said to you, what's the one thing that you did today that made you smile? Oh, that is powerful. And have you got a plan for that? I mean, every day, everybody should have at least one thing they're going to do that makes them smile. That's fun. It's not a work-related thing. Just one thing that you're going, you might want to, as a leader, you'll go, because I think a leader, leader's role is a service role, right? So they'll right. go do something good. So I'll help someone in my team. No, no, no. What's the one thing you're going to do to help the other part of you, mm. the non-work part of you? Because if you're just living life for the weekend, again, that's not a good existence. So Monday to Friday, all day, all night, dedicated to work, and then I'll get two days off where I'm probably exhausted. So I'll, I'll only sort of wake up probably around sort of midday Sunday, have a couple of hours, and then I'm thinking about work again. Like, that's not living. That's not life. That and is it's not, not making life. you an effective leader either. No, so I've got a few things that I want to read, and I'm gonna we're gonna put this on our on our notification. But these are some self care activities. Is it okay if I share some? Please. Okay. So here's some physical self care. Eat healthy and regularly. That sounds like yeah. But how many of you don't take your lunch to work? I know that sounds ridiculous. Or have some high protein snacks in your bag. I, I'm not trying to be funny, but. I've been there, I've worked myself into the ground, lived off coffee every single day. It is not good for your mental health. Actually, your adrenal glands suffer tremendously. Yeah? Jeez, if my old team listened to this part, they'll be sitting there saying, you never eat. You've got to eat, man. Get enough <laughs> quality sleep. What time do you go to bed, Wilbur? Oh, 10, 9.30ish. Okay, so same here. Not, not same very here. late. Not too late. Um, and then I get up at about 5, 6 in the morning yeah same and what I've been doing over the last time so never waste a good crisis as they say I've been doing four kilometer walks every morning with my husband and we get up really early we walk around the neighborhood my apple watch goes off I feel excited because I've earned some kind of achievement as you do um but I feel good that's huge that's huge right so I think that everyone would sort of know that a compensatory measure of stress is exercise but you've really hit the nail on the head and I think that for me I do the same thing mm. get up 5 5 30 and I sort of get my exercise in uh, first thing in the morning it's not that much fun getting up that early in the morning just to exercise but I know the day will get in the way and by the time I'll get home I'll be tired I'll be over it the family will want part of my time and then that'll be selfish of me to give me my time when it should be a family time so do it when you know there's no excuses um, to be able to get it done and you said that sense of accomplishment the very first thing you do in the morning is accomplishing something absolutely and it's my first wow for the day and my second yeah. wow for the day i'm going to give you something that i do now wilbo doesn't do this because i have long hair and he hasn't got very long hair any yeah. <laughs> i i actually have created a space for myself to create mental peace in the morning so I will, I have an area where it, it's my boudoir because of course I'm a princess, ninja warrior. Um, but I go and do my hair in there. I have either listened to music in my ears or I am just really being peaceful and centered for the day. And that time is my time in order to get myself ready to be the best I can. And I found that if that time is not in place, I feel I'm rushed and I feel rushed in my brain. Yeah, good. Nice one. Okay. I've got some mental health tips here. Shoot. Detach from electronic devices. Tick. Yeah. Ref uh, Self-reflection through journaling. 
That's okay. interesting. That can be hard. I've got a I've got a, a, a journal book that calls uh, it's called my Find Your Inner Unicorn. But anyway, that's another discussion. What if you want to do your journal entries on your iPad you and you do... want to shut off your electronic devices at the same time? Well, yeah, okay. <laughs> I think there's a way in which you discipline yourself because you actually when you journal, I can't journal every day because I'm too uh, active. Um, but I'll journal once or twice a week. Okay. Yeah, nice. Um, read fiction. Okay. Or even said non-related non-fiction, but anything to switch your brain off that you're not on this intense learning piece. So yeah, I'll, I'll do start... something like do something for you. Do something for enjoyment's sake, rather. Paint. Than... Yeah. Cut the grass. Yeah. Do do whatever. Play Monopoly with your kids as long as they don't kill each other. <laughs> How about relationship self-care? I I've read a book this week and I did send it to you. Uh, it's called um, Togetherness. Yes, yes. What did you think of that, Wilbur? Because that very much is very much related to managing stress. Yeah, but it, it comes back to that piece around um, the centering of people and and really what life's all about. Uh, it, there's that there's that adage about working to live or living to work. Yeah. And it's got to be the former, right? Like in that having that time that you work really hard towards something. It's, it's for a purpose and it's not necessarily for the company's profitability. That's a byproduct of you doing your job very well, but give back to those around you. And if, if there's nobody around you and it's just you, well, give back to yourself. Like give you that time. I love that. And I do want to encourage you to have a look at this book because when I read it, I want to share something with you that I've seen more often than not. Leaders that are workaholics are lonely. Yeah, incredibly lonely. They're lonely because they've isolated themselves from their family and their loved ones. I've been there. I'm on husband. I'm on husband number four. You may not judge out there. This one's been with me for twelve years, thank God. But I, you know, my workalism, workaholicism, or whatever we want to call it, created such intensity of working for me that I looked for my worthiness outside of me. So loneliness, I really want you to consider that the, the importance of connecting with yourself and spending quality time with those around you. Yeah, I think that's really important too. And look, a bit of a left of centre one, um, and this has a nice little story attached to it as Go well. For it. But for those particularly who drive um, in their commute to and from work, don't underestimate the power of having a mini concert in your car on the way home. <laughs> I love that. Why? What does it do for us? Come on. Look, if you just build out your favourite songs, it's a good mental reset. And look, the, the story that I've attached to that. So we, with my with my prior leadership team, I, I had the, the crazy idea of uh, we had our uh, end of year awards night coming up so i thought like we want we want to do something that's a bit fun a bit out there and sometimes i do that so i convinced them all um to perform we had a live band um Mm -hmm. there to perform an opening number to open the awards night and what was it don't stop believing it was awesome but the the cool part so we rehearsed for about three weeks um in the office um at night when everyone left and one particular night before rehearsal, 
Um, we, as, as a leadership, we had a come to Jesus moment. It wasn't a good day with stuff and, and some stuff went down and we had words. And look, there was, there's not a lot of time where there's tension in my teams, but like I was pissed with them. They were but pissed with human, me. Like, man. This is human. This is being a human leader, honestly. But this is the cool thing about, about this little concert series. So we all sort of hated each other for the moment and we all wandered off into into the room where we did our rehearsals by the time we came out you were loving each other yeah and everyone was just so relaxed and so chilled and this was just like an hour of just getting because we we just had a giggle with one another and you talk about putting the weight down we just put the weight down and we just got in the moment with each other and before you know it the things that were actually important in the world which is togetherness connection people made us stronger as a team by just enjoying each other's company and having some time out and having some fun and i must admit it shocked the hell out of me that it had that level of impact in such a short amount of time on everyone's mood and demeanor but this reminds me of of the research around vulnerability and connection and it says when i'm vulnerable and open and open is not when I'm stressed, by the way. I'm closed when I'm stressed. When I'm vulnerable and open, which means I stand in acceptance. Okay? And I'm open for connection. I have creativity, innovation, and I can be agile. And I love those three things, but it's a choice to connect. You know that mouth game? You know that game where you put that stuff in your mouth? I'm going to get us to do that one session so that we can say stuff. I did say to John, I'm going to use it. And John went, oh, sweet Lord, help me. Um, but I am because we have to have some fun, right? But but you, you, you need to laugh. Why are we so yeah. serious? And you lose that when you're in the midst of, of full-on stress stressful environment that's that's the stuff you lose and look there is some practical things that i think you can put in terms as well other than sort of some of the left and center stuff i mean a lot of stress at times yes it can come from above it can come from across and it can come from beneath but a lot of stress permeates yeah. with procrastination oh my sweet lord doesn't it now, this is something that I want everyone to really pay attention to. Think about whatever's great for you or whoever you hold up as great, whether it's an athlete, whether it's a business person, like whatever. Think of all the greatness that's been achieved. Yeah. And then think of this. Every person has 24 hours in a day. Yes. These great people don't have 46 hours in the day. They're just accessing more time. They're able to to identify the things that need to be done and chunk their time in areas that are going to deliver the most productive output for them. And yeah, look, they're talented too, but they chunk down the time. So one part that I'd want you to look at to try and alleviate some stress, the one alleviate all stress, is look at your operating rhythm. Be effective with your time management as much as you can be productive with the quality tasks that need to be done and that will I guarantee help reduce some of the pressure and the stress because that procrastination piece is is one of the drivers of stress or one of the amplifiers is probably a better word of stress so an efficient operating rhythm and and again an activity for those if you're really serious about trying to alleviate some of the stress in your life look back at your past month 
your past week. Mm. Um, if you're not good at reflecting because you haven't sort of had a nice schedule, then do a mini time in motion study on yourself over the course of the coming week. And actually, literally, honestly, write down all the things that you are spending your time on, then go back and review it and go, are they the things that are going to help alleviate some of the stress mm. or bring the performance of my role, my business, my team forward? If not, change it. So I want to add to that because I am an absolute junkie for time management. Um, I run about 10, 12 projects all at the same time. And I'm basically one of the key deliverers in our team. Carolee supports me and Robbie Fullerton supports me. Um, but I'll, I'm the front centerpiece. And what I did in order to do that is I don't manage my own schedule. My schedule gets managed by somebody else. So that was the first delegation task I did. The yeah. second delegation task I did was to say to myself, I need, I color-coded things. So for me, in my calendar, revenue generating work was in purple and orange. Um, growth work was in pink. So that's podcasts, writing, um, reflection time. Family time is in yellow because family time is important. Um, team time is in green. Um, and, and I make sure that I have got a smattering of those regularly and I can also reflect, I know exactly what's coming up. It calibrates my brain right into a peaceful space because nothing is as surprising as stuff that you're not expecting to happen. Now, the unexpected will always happen, which means you need agility. But if you can have a discipline to your rhythm, it allows you to achieve unbelievable things. Yeah, chunk down the priority tasks and get them done. But the, the other part I'd add to that is plan, plan, plan. Absolutely. So you've got a very well-structured plan in terms of everything having a place in your world. So from a work perspective, have a really strong plan, have it broken down in actionable blocks prevent being overwhelmed by the, the the enormity of a task and just chunk down what needs to be done and you'll start to climb that mountain get buy-in on that plan from above um, that part is is really key because i don't know what type of environment um that you guys listening are, are in at the moment um and i'm not talking just approval of the plan from above i'm talking collaboration you need to have mutual accountability with your leader on the plan. Hundred percent. Like make make it our plan, not your plan, because part of being a team is exactly that. Be a team. So lean on above when the pressure is coming down from above, and get them to be a participant in the solution. They have you to must carry be the, the bag. architect. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you've, you've got to be the architect and the implementer of that plan. So don't shirk your responsibilities. Yeah but get them involved in it. It starts to really be a release valve for some of that really heavy delegation of pressure and stress that is applied in organizations to give you that out and that release. And I, I do, I can't stress it enough. If you are not aligned in accountability, measure of results, lifting, pressure, negotiating, negotiating of resources you will find that you are swimming in a tsunami and that is no good place for you from a mental health perspective but also how are you ever going to create flow for your team 
So, so yeah. you know, you and I spoke about this years ago when we were having a look at some of the dysfunctional, um, I'll say this with much respect, but the dysfunctional lines of um, uh, authority that and stakeholders that you had at one stage, Wilbo. Yeah. And, you know, that was a real big challenge, wasn't it? It was a huge challenge and very difficult to navigate personally. Yeah. And that's the thing you got to remember that it's hard to see it when you're in it yeah. um, and coming out of it. But the tough stuff you're going through now, that everyone listening, if you're going through really stressful environments, the tough stuff you're going through, life is trying to give you a lesson. Absolutely. Learn it and apply it. Don't just survive it. Apply the learnings that you're getting from the situation that you're in at the moment because that's going to help you better navigate the next instance when it turns up. And, and, and be curious about the situation versus defensive. Yeah, absolutely. Be curious because, you know, what happens when we go into defensive mode, our brain shuts down, the learning center shuts down, there are no lights running between your uh, neural pathways. You will not be able to bring your best. No way will you be able to bring your best. No, you won't, not you even won't even be slightest. able, and you won't be able to actually speak to your leader in a way that they will want to be connected with you because you'll be complaining versus being peaceful and strategizing how to work through this piece. We're probably nearing the end of this chat on our quest. Of course we are. Because do you know, I have we permission to to just get a little bit dark? Go for it, man. This is part of this journey. So think about it from this perspective. We've spoken about a lot about the two halves of you, the work half of you and the other half of you. And predominantly, the work half is what gets the focus and the attention and the nourishment. Of course. Because that's what provides the income, that's what gives you the life you've got and all that stuff. So it's very intertwined and messy. Yeah. But if you're going through hard times at the moment, if you're going through incredibly stressful situations to deal with with the workplace, and the pressures put on you in the role. Yeah. And particularly if they're unfair pressures, because there's always pressure in performing a role and the higher you go up, the, the bigger the responsibility. So I'm not talking about just the BAU stuff. Think about it from this perspective. And again, I'm getting permission to go a little yes. bit dark, but it has a message behind it. If tomorrow morning you went to the doctor and the doctor said that you have now... Um, been diagnosed with a terminal illness what would your perspective be would you be happy or regretful it puts stress into perspective it's a very extreme example Um, and i hope to god everyone listening never has to go through it or have anybody in their world go through it but i like to go to levels of extreme to deliberate a point so if, if you'd be happy, awesome. Then you've got some balance in your world. If you're regretful, then start to make the changes now that if and when that does happen, you're not going to be regretful anymore. Yeah. And for those listening in those unrelenting, nasty levels of stress and environment, there's always going to be ebbs and flows in stress levels. Um, and if it's unrelenting or unreasonable, this perspective is probably something that that might give you that that shot in the arm, that jolt to start to value that other part of you which starts to give you more balance and greater coping mechanisms. 
Think about how amazing you feel when you go on holidays at the end of the year. Absolutely. What we're trying to do is give you coping mechanisms to be able to do that every day, every week of every month throughout the whole year, not build up to have that release at the end of the year with with a holiday. So think about it in terms of the extremes and whether you would be regretful or you would be happy and fix the things that are going to start to make you appreciate and enjoy all of your life more, not just the work part of it. So with that, I want to share two things and then we're done. Um, Seven years ago when I started this, eight years ago I started the practice, seven years ago I went to see the doctor and I had burnt out my adrenal glands and um, I literally couldn't lift my arms past my shoulders. And the, I've got, we've got heart failure in our family and they did a whole lot of tests on me and basically said to me, if you don't stop working immediately, you'll be buried in three months. And I, because I'd always worked like a machine, I sat sobbing in that doctor's office, sobbing. As, as you would. Yes. That's I pretty said, huge to go through, right? But I wasn't sobbing because of what she said to me. Do you know what I was crying about? What? Not being able to do what I've always done, which was where I felt I needed to be. Yeah. And she said to me, I said, I can't. She said, all right, you've got two choices. You either listen to me or your children bury you. What would you like? And that was so hard. I remember taking the bus out of the city coming home and the tears streamed down my cheeks. I got home and I said, right, guys, life has to change. Um, I, I, she said, I need you to lie in the grass and stare at the sky. I thought, sweet God, what a waste of my time. Um, and I did do it because I was so sick. She said, I need yeah. you to rest during the day. I went, rest? I don't even take a lunch break. Are you kidding? I've got to run a business here. I don't have time for that shit. Um, yep. I did have time and it changed my life. And I, and I hit, I've hit, I've start picking up speed again every now and again and then I start listening to my body and the last thing I'll share is today I interviewed someone who's going to be on another show shortly and also a business leader and he was saying that he had a heart attack um, last year because he'd worked so hard and he's actually posted a picture of him lying in the hospital bed with tubes hanging out of him and he said this to me which is profound so I want you to think of this write one, two and three on a piece of paper will you? Okay, what are the three top things that are your priorities right now? Just three. What are your three top priorities? Okay, I'll tell you what he gave me as his list. He said success of my business, um, my, my health, and then my family. No, actually, success of my business, my family, and then my health. I said, okay. And then he said, but I've changed it. I said, talk to me. He said, it is now my health, because without health, I can't even be with my family. He said, then it's my family, and then it's the success of my business. And I've, I've switched the dial. Yeah, and look, that, that part sort of when you think about it, if, if everyone listening here going through a tough time decided to leave that business mm. today, mm. all of that stuff disappears. It's true, right? So it's it's not a, it's like all of the stuff you were worried about, panicking about, going through, it just all evaporates. So try and consider it from that point of view. And if something, again, to, to go into that dark place, something happened to you and you were no longer here anymore, 
the first role your organization would do is find your replacement. Absolutely. And they so are... put it in perspective. I'm not saying don't work hard for, for the business and work hard for your money and the teams and your people that you lead. Of course you are. But put it in perspective. Run the infinite game, will you? Well said. Run the infinite game. Come on, you can do it. The only thing we have as human beings is choice. The only thing as leaders we truly have is choice. And you've got the choice over what you think, think, do, say, act. And I know I make that very broad. But as you keep walking with Wilbo and I, and we share our quest for you, this is one of those golden nuggets, as much as it seems useless. It's one of the most important things because it's the charge to your battery. 100%. You've got to refuel if you're going to go the distance. If you're going to go the distance, refuel. And if you're going to create a culture of people that refuel, you're going to go the distance. And you won't be going alone. I think that's the booyah moment for us today. Uh, that's the out, as they say in radio. We have bloody loved spending time with you, haven't we? Absolutely. Love doing this. And next week, what are we talking about? I don't know. Should we should we censor more on? I'm I'm juggling up a couple of topics here. Um, whether we can sort of censor more on the plan. Where are you going as a leader? Let's do that because I think that's important. It really leverages off today's session around managing stress. And I think managing the plan and the milestones and the measures in that plan are really things we've got to talk through so that we can help you visualize how not to run out of steam if you have rhythm. Sound like a plan? All right. Well, we can't wait to get back to you. Please connect in with us. We're available on LinkedIn, on Facebook. We would love to talk to you. We would love to be part of your journey. And uh, we've got so much fun things in store, which we're not going to tell you about yet. So thanks for hanging out with with us. My name is Christina, and this is... Wilbo. And we'll be back. See you next time.